Welcome to the Rider Dojo with your host, Steve Diamond. Bonjour. And Larry Korea. Guten Tag. Today's episode Don't Negotiate with Terrorists, Round Two. Everybody, we're back. So glad to have y'all with us back on the Rider Dojo. Um, Larry, we have some things to discuss today. Yeah, I think this will be the second time we've had an episode where we're going to have a current event episode. Current events. So for, and, for, uh, by the time this airs, fairly current. Yeah, this, I mean, it'll be a week or so, probably. Week, week and a half old. Um, the long and the short of it, folks, is that Larry and I, through much scientific research and, um, you know, grants and, you know, hiring interns, all of them named Jimmy, um... <laughs> We have come up with one conclusion, Larry. That conclusion is CIFWA kind of sucks. Yeah, CIFWA sucks. That's yeah. what this episode is going to be about. And for those of you that don't know what CIFWA is, so if you're new to this world and you're in luck, <laughs> we're going to save you 80 bucks a year, I think is what it costs. Yeah. yeah. CIFWA stands for Science Fiction Writers Association, I believe. Yes. And um, it allegedly is a trade organization. It's a professional organization for science fiction and fantasy authors. They have they have rules for how you can attain membership. Yep. And it has to do with number of professional credits that have paid you X amount of money. Yeah, and then once you join this prestigious organization, you give them money and then you get to be a member. And being a member has all these great perks. All of which include casual racism hate mongering <laughs> slander <laughs> libel <laughs> torment no how do you feel about blatant lies larry oh well so we're gonna get into this but basically the background here is sifwa was at one point in time a professional organization for writers and the goal was it was supposed to represent writers interests um theoretically it was to represent writers against publishers so if you had a dishonest publisher who was ripping off their writers and not paying contracts honestly um they were supposed to step in and represent that author and help them out uh in the olden days they did other stuff um they do have some things they still do that are decent but I think a lot of it, the internet is just replaced. They have the writer beware is a thing where they go through and they find predatory, uh, fake scam artist publishing yeah. houses, that kind of thing, that prey upon gullible authors. Well, in, in, in ye olden days, back before the internet basically made the world really, really small, um, you couldn't, it, it was really hard to just go out and say, like, oh, this publisher is offering me a contract. Are they good? Today, you, you Google that. Yeah, and you can say, hey, is this publisher legit? And the first 80 answers are no, they ripped me off, they took my money and ran. Yeah. Uh, they're garbage. You know, so. But, but in the olden time, you, like, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, we basically didn't have that. Well, and the thing is, 20 years ago, too. Uh, so, so when I was first an aspiring author, um, in my mind, Sifwa was a, uh, a legit thing that it was an honor that you had sold enough stuff to qualify for membership in this organization. And it was kind of bragging rights. It's like, ha ha, I'm a it, member of CIFWA. It meant you were a pro. It meant you were a pro. It meant that you were a real writer. Mm-hmm. You know? You're still not there. 
No, I'm still not there. 25 novels in, multiple bestsellers. I'm still not a real writer according to these people. Well, what's happened with CIFWA over time was like many institutions in our society, and we try not to get very political on this show, but sometimes you have to a little bit. Many institutions kind of get corrupted where they they lose track of their mission as more members come in who they don't really care about being writers. Um, they care about the lifestyle and being able to claim writers, and mostly they get they care about being bullies. And they care about being authoritarians. And in this case, it was social justice. Yeah. And over the last decade or so, you could just watch this organization go to crap as it slowly lost track of everything it was supposed to exist for. And also as uh, real writers, professional writers, let their memberships lapse or bailed. And we've had we've got several examples of what's happened over recent years. And so now most of the people who are members either are wannabes or dilettantes or people who don't know any better. And they're like, wow, I qualify for CIFWA. I'm a pro. And they pay their 80 bucks or whatever a year and they get nothing out of it except treated like crap. And this has been going on for a long time. But there was an incident this last week Yep. that was really, really egregious. Yeah, this was really, really bad. All because she, we're, we're going to talk about Mercedes Lackey. Yeah, so if you guys don't know, Mercedes Lackey is a really famous author. She's a big dog. She's a big deal. Uh, I've I've known Misty for about 10 years, probably. Uh, uh, we're not friends I've, or anything, but we, I, I know I think I've her. known her kind of, sort of, for about three or four. Yeah, known very nicely. She's 72 years old. Yeah. Um, She's also very liberal. Um, mm-hmm. Misty's been, like, on the right side of history of every, you know, progressive cause there's been going back to Watergate, okay? Um, and her husband, Larry Dixon, very generous guy, nice guy. Very, very nice guy Very well. nice guy. But Larry and Misty are kind of old hippies, I, I, yeah. I would say. I, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, total polar opposite of me, uh, yeah, on beliefs. But, you know, always... here, obviously. But what happened was, um, Misty, you got to understand, like, when I say progressive, she was putting stuff in her writing that, like, uh, the social justice contingent now, we, we had that episode where we talked about, like... Uh, the message. The and, message. And... Uh, and what was it? The the obligatory. Um, yeah, your mandatory diversity. Mandatory diversity. There we go. Well, the thing is, Misty was doing this since the '80s, and no one was making her do it. She just did it because she wanted to, and so she had gay character, gay main characters in like the '80s and '90s. Yeah, back when it actually was kind of sort of was very going edgy. out there on the limb. Yeah, and so she had fantasy novels with gay main characters and that kind of thing, and that was just Misty being Misty. And you know what? The thing is, oh, she's a good storyteller. So it wasn't like she was beating you over the head with the message for the most part. Most of her books I, I found enjoyable. Yeah. The, everything I've read of hers. And, and not always my style, but she's a good author. Well, fast forward to today. Yes, because remember, Larry, when it comes with these sorts of organizations and stuff, the goalposts never quite stay in the same spot. Yeah. And as we talk about in the mandatory diversity episode, guys, kissing the, the butt of these petty tyrants does no good because they just change the rules tomorrow. Yeah, don't negotiate with terrorists. Don't negotiate with terrorists, part two. Yeah. So, there is a award for the Sifwa Grand Master. It's, um, what's it called? Damon Knight? I don't don't know. I'm not a member. I don't give a crap. So, they have this award, and it's part of the Nebulas. The Nebulas are the award given to Sifwa members. The Sifwa members vote on for best book and that yeah, kind of thing. It's very, very, very big, and especially in science fiction and whatnot. Yeah, it's like it's, a big deal. It's a big deal award. Yeah, it actually is pretty prestigious. So we've, we've known people who've... It's mm-hmm. funny because we've known people who were nominated for it before they came out of the closet with the wrong politics and now they're hated. Yeah. Right, Brad we, know people that, we know people that have won it. Yeah. Didn't Brad win it? 
I don't know if he won. Eric did, I think. Oh, Eric won it. But Eric, Eric's pretty mushy moderate, so yeah, Eric's probably still okay. Yeah. But uh, basically, you know, it's a very political organization. Well, Misty was up for Grand Master. Well-deserved. Yeah, well-deserved. Oh, my gosh. She's written, what, a hundred books, probably? I mean, between her and her herself and then her co-authoring, either with her husband Larry, um, Larry Dixon, or other folk. I mean, look, when you think of Bain, you think of people like... Um, like David Weber, like we're talking about the old guard of Bain, oh, yeah. right? You're oh, thinking yeah. She's David going Weber, back to the 90s. David Drake, Bujold, mm-hmm. and Lackey. Oh, yeah. Lackey, Lackey. I remember reading Serrated Edge books in high school. Yeah. You know? She's been doing this for freaking ever. Yeah. And so if anybody is worthy of a Grandmaster Award, it'd be Misty. So Misty gets nominated for the Sifwa Grandmaster Award, and they're going to give it to her life. Basically, it's a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, then she was on a panel at the Nebulous. I think this is the day after they gave her the award, though. So they couldn't take the award from her, at least, I don't think. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> they probably would have. It's almost a, They're so it was almost like at the Will Smith slap. Yeah. We're almost there. Well, so she's on this panel, and she is talking about another author named Sam Delaney. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk about him because I, I have nothing respectful to say about the man whatsoever without getting political, but I, I got, yeah. Well. Black dude. Yeah, he's a black guy. Doesn't I mean that's that, that's that is pertinent to the story. That's pertinent to the story. That's the only reason I bring it up. Yeah, because Misty's talking. Well, I don't like him because of some of some of his other opinions involving yeah certain certain things, certain deviant things that would get me kicked off the internet if I you know we yeah. get just dis- get us demonetized. <laughs> get us demonetized if I talk about the stuff this guy's rooted for. But so Misty is actually praising this guy's writing. He's also a grandmaster at Sifwa, and she is talking about his writing. And I guess there's another author by the same name. And so she just specified that she meant Sam Delaney. And she said, I believe it was the quote, the colored one. Oh, okay. Oh dear. dear. Now you must understand the, in monetary woke speak now in CIFWA, it's people of color. Not colored. Not colored people. Because that's super racist and evil and bad. But if you flip the word order, it's bad. So if you say, like, for example, American people, that's okay. But if you say people of America, that's the worst thing ever. Yeah. Super offended. Heaven forbid you're a foreign language speaker and you're trying to learn the yeah the nuances of our language. And which is funny, too, because it's even more disrespectful when these people do it because they just abbreviate it to POC. And then they lump literally every demographic on earth other than white people into one giant bucket. Yeah. Which is... It's idiotic. It's idiotic. It's the, it's the stupidest thing ever. As a wise Latino... I'm sorry, Latinx. I'm offended. Oh, no. Don't get us started on Latinx. Steve speaks Spanish. I'm Portuguese. It's the stupidest thing ever. Anybody who uses Latinx, drown in a toilet. Yeah. Okay. Most, most, of, the, most of the people who complain about this, I've lived, in, I've lived in Latin American countries longer than they have. Man, I'm Portuguese. The chair is male or female. The door is male or female. Get off my back. Exactly. All right. Okay. So anyway, back to the story. So she said colored person and said a person of color, right? Yep. Okay, so here's the thing. Sam Delaney was not offended. He issued not a at all. not at all. Actually, he, he, he actually he actually issued a pretty nicely worded statement. Yeah, well, fair is fair. Like I said, I don't respect the guy, but fair is fair. He came out and he said, "She meant no harm. We're a product. We're old. She's seventy two. Uh, I used it all the time growing up." And it's like his, she's, you his, know, his parents used it. His parents like used it. He, used I think it. he referred to as his aunties were still they referred to as the colored ladies. Mm-hmm. This wasn't an offensive thing. He took no offense. He wasn't. His feelings weren't hurt, and Misty clearly did not mean it in a derogatory way. Context, it turns out, people. It matters. Well, not to Sifwa. Not to them, though. Because what happened then is Sifwa immediately 
Like I think I think the panel was over, and then but he didn't get offended, but somebody else got offended on his behalf. Yeah. So and, and I, that's and, obviously more important than the actual person. And I saw the bio of the person that complained, and it's like complete nobody. I mean, I've never heard of her. She's not written anything of any note. No one, no one knows who this person is. But you got to understand, in social justice, it doesn't matter who you are. You just as long as you're outraged. So Sifwa booted Misty from the Nebulas. They kicked her out. And here's where it gets really sleazy. Not only did they kick her out, they issued a press release that said she, and it was four times in the press release, that she was guilty of using an ethnic slur or a racial slur is how they referred to it. But they never said what she said. Yeah. 72 years old, she used a term that was super common for most of her life. And she didn't mean it in a derogatory way. She's basically flipped, you know, two words order. She, so she, her, her crime was grammatical, not racist. Exactly. And so, so, but Sifwa referred to this four times as a racial slur. And then to really steal it, they took down the video of the panel so that no one could watch this and judge for themselves. Yeah. See, that's some horse crap right there. That's sleaze. That's because, because you and I have both been part of panels where, um, where accusations have been made. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing is you go, oh, really? Okay, let's watch the tape. Oh, yeah. Let's roll the tape and see if the offense was given. To, to the point where, honestly, anytime I'm on a panel from now on, like, I think I'm just going to record my panels. Yeah, I think that's for the best. Honestly, you know because... I mean? and, and, and I look, Larry and I, we, we've talked quite frequently about how to protect yourself at cons, how to, um, you know, don't negotiate with terrorists. We, we talk a lot about this stuff because... We've talked about cancel culture before because this stuff matters. Oh, yeah. It's it's if you're trying to do this as a living, um, like, you know, Larry, Larry does this as a living. I'm trying to do this as a living. Misty has been doing this for a living for longer than I've been alive. Yeah. And so people just slandered the crap out of her. No chance to defend herself. Well, here's a kicker too. this. Is the part that, that's sad. Misty is very liberal, very progressive. And so what did she do? She apologized. What did me and Steve tell you guys before? Never negotiate with terrorists. If you've done nothing wrong, don't apologize. Never, never, never. This was just a sleazy move. And to make it extra sleazy, they banned her husband too, yeah. Larry Dixon. Yeah, so he kicked them both out of Sifwa. He wasn't there. He wasn't. I, I think they probably left him in Sifwa. I think they threw. Are they still there? They, they probably still want to get their eighty dollars. They still want their eighty dollars or whatever. But this episode's hard for me not to use profanity during. Um, but they kicked Larry out. Apparently, he found out like the next morning when he went to go be on a panel. Is what I heard. So they preemptively oh, purged her husband. He didn't say anything. He wasn't even at the at the panel with the racial slur. See, here's the thing. I and I think you and I both are in the same boat on this, Larry. And that's that um, we don't we don't have the same the same viewpoint or um, or political uh, viewpoints, I guess, as as Misty or Larry Dixon. We just don't. Oh, not even close. No. However, we've, we've both been with them on things. Um, uh, I, I moderated a panel with them at the last Gen Con that I went to before, before COVID. Um, I got on the panel and I sat down and, and I think it was, I think it was, I think it was her, Larry, I want to say Brandon Sanderson was on that one. And I think Pat Rothfuss was on it, which meant that there was no point in me even being there because yeah, yeah. And, and I sat down and I said, and I introduced myself to him as the moderator. I said, oh, hi, Mercedes. I'm, I'm Steve. I'm going to be the, the moderator. Um, and, and her and her husband look at each other and they just start laughing. And they go, 
we're so sorry. <laughs> like, you know what? You're just, you have, you've never been on a panel with us. We're so sorry in advance. You're, you, there is no such thing as control on our panels. I was just went, okay. And then, uh, and so for the whole panel, it was just, I would ask a question and then I just kind of sit back for about 15 minutes and they would just, they were just all over the place yeah. the whole time. Um, Larry Dixon is drawing a, uh, he's, he's drawing a picture of what he thinks the next great band cover should be. And it's an exploding spaceship that, that looks like boobs because he's Larry Dixon. Right. You know, and, and it was all, <laughs> that sounds, uh, that sounds about right. You know, it, it was all in good fun. Everyone laughed. Everyone thought it was funny. Yeah. You know, because you know, we're, Look, Bain has very specific things that they do in order to sell books. Yep. Um, they're, they're very good at their marketing. And Larry was talking about that. And it was nice because um, at that point, um, I was really, I was basically just starting to write Servants of War. And, and I was telling them about it and they said, and they were like, oh, well, dude, that's awesome. And, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm writing it with, with, uh, with my buddy Larry Korea. And they're like, oh, we love Larry. That's great. Like, they're good people. Yeah, which is funny because like they they bagged on me endlessly during Sad Puppies. Oh sure, and they you know and they and they thought I was nuts because I remember a conversation like six or seven years ago or maybe longer, talking to these guys about this kind of stuff and cancel culture. Yeah, they didn't believe it. You know, they thought I was nuts. They straight up thought I was nuts. But I warned them. I was like, "Look, you're feeding the wolf." Yeah. You know, it's like it's like, and the, eventually the wolf is going to get too big. You guys got to like tame the wolf while it's a puppy, but you're not. You're feeding it. And uh, we'll talk about, after the break, we'll talk about a whole bunch of other Sifwa stuff. Yeah. But the mistake all these old-timers old, old uh, old-timers made is they fed the wolf, and now they're all scared that the wolf's going to eat them. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Exsanguinated. Not a word any cop wants showing up in his report. But when a dead body falls from a downtown skyscraper, it lands in the morgue of Agent Raylick and Tali the Transmetro Police. Now it's up to him and his old magic task force to find the killer and figure out what he wants with all that blood. In a world where four magical races coexist in an uneasy unity, each new victim they find threatens to tear the city apart. But as Raelic and his team race to stop the murders, what they find may change forever the rules of magic as they know them. Blood Pressure a new urban fantasy from Joseph L. Kellogg. Available on Amazon or direct from the author at josephlkellogg.com. Pick up your copy today. Welcome back. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Steve and Larry Rant and Rail Against the Establishment. Um, Larry, we've just kind of scratch the surface oh yeah so we talked about one incident where immediately the leadership of this uh theoretical trade organization just immediately tossed to its one of its grandmasters under the bus for something super stupid and never even gave her a chance to explain or and her husband just because and her husband preemptively for thought crime yeah and it's just sleazy well and to make it even funnier on their on the official sifwa twitter account the day after for the nebulas they put up a funny tweet. They made a oh joke my gosh. involving basically it was a play on comfort women oh gosh. Um, about how the, they were using comfort elves and the comfort elves were there for the nebula attendees. 
But basically, if you don't know what comfort women are, is a uh, pretty horrible thing that happened in history where the imperial Japanese- sex slavery. Enslaved uh, Chinese and Vietnamese and Korean women into sex slavery and often executed them when they were done, tortured them for the amusement of Japanese officers. It was pretty horrific stuff. And they just make, they crack this super insensitive joke the day after they booted somebody for an innocuous slip-up. For incorrect grammar. For incorrect grammar, and they put people of color to colored people, which is the worst thing that's ever happened. And they just deleted the tweet and pretend it never happened. You know, and it's just like, the the timing of that is ironic. But let's go into the more history of Sifwa. All right. So, so Larry, if I recall right, in a galaxy not too far away, once upon a time, Larry Korea was invited to a convention. Yeah, it wasn't. So, establishing this is... After I got active in like fandom politics, I started pointing out that there's a massive yeah. bias towards the left. Oh, would this have been 18, 2018? Yeah, it's probably 2017, I think. 2017 ish. So, it's this massive bias. I think so. But I, I am bad with dates. But there's this massive bias against conservative and libertarian authors and yeah. a massive bias in favor of left wing authors. Mm-hmm. So, basically, if you screw a conservative or Republican or whatever author, Everyone hey, that's high great. Fi- they all high five each other. They all high five each other because we deserve it. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is supposed to be an apolitical organization. <laughs> well, so a new CIFWA president had been elected, and I ran into her at a con, and she specifically sought me out because she was like, hey, you know, Larry, a lot of people on your aisle, you know, CIFWA, CIFWA is there for them too. And, like, if anything happens, you know, you should reach out to us. Like, if, if you guys get hosed, and the stuff that we do to defend authors, if something bad happens to you guys, you should reach out to CIFWA because we, we want to mend bridges and reach across hell. Like, okay, yeah, I don't believe you, but are sure, you, whatever. Are you saying they wanted to build back better? They wanted to build back better. Hmm. Well, I was like, okay, sure. This is <laughs> I, I, the CIFWA president. I, I'm sure she meant well, but I was like, eh. I don't believe you, and I don't believe you. And even if I, even if you're honest, I don't trust your organization all because it's. And that's the problem. It's, it's like the Mexican government, right? Like, yeah. Like. Oh, there's always some guy in the Mexican government who's like, there's I'm someone a who's reformer. probably like, yeah, I'm gonna do good, but it doesn't matter because once you get into that machine, there, there is no, there is no coming. You might be clean going in, but you ain't gonna be clean coming out. Yeah, or they'll just kill you. Yeah. And, and like I said, this is not racism. Steve lived there. <laughs> during during the period in which they were electing. A person who was saying he was going to be a reformist, Vicente Fox. Is that the guy that got hung? Or no, not no. Was, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't. Expert. No, no. But I remember when you were there? Did they have a guy hung off the overpass? Oh, that was just Tuesday. Oh, okay, never mind. So yeah, never mind. But um, so uh, a little while later, uh, a couple of events were happening in fandom. So there's the new hotness amongst the social justice contingent was to get conservative authors kicked out of events. Yeah. So like we would get invited to event. They would make up some outlandish crying about something, and then they would go and throw a tantrum. I don't feel safe. I feel was unsafe. The, that was the that was the biggest one we saw. Yeah, and so then they would get him kicked out of a con. And the first person they did this to was John Ringo. Yeah. And John Ringo got kicked out of a con. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, they did it to me, and yeah. I got kicked out of Origins. I remember that, yeah. Because some, you know, and that was the one that turned out where I have more white privilege than a billionaire. That was oh. that one. Congrats. Yeah, that was pretty cool that Congrats. I was privileged and the billionaire was the victim. Nice. Good job. So like, that's that's a power move. That was pretty baller nice. of me. So we have, were having this thing, and then they started going for all the other authors, too. Because, yeah. you know, if you can do it to some big guys, you can do it to everybody. So I was like, okay, well, you know, let's just go to cons that don't suck. However, I was at, a, at another con and with a bunch of other authors, and we were, having, we were kind of like talking about this. And one guy said, well, we should take this to Sifwa. <laughs> and I laughed. I was like, yeah, ain't nothing going to happen. Remember, 
Remember a long time ago, Larry, when you and I were talking about getting audited by the government yeah. to one of our liberal friends? Uh-huh. And he said, because we were talking about how heinous it was and how there's nothing you can do. You would, you would turn, you, like, they would come sit right next to you and you'd have to tilt your keyboard so they could see your keystrokes yep. and all that stuff. And, and our buddy goes, well, you should report that to someone. And we're like, <laughs> okay. Who? Who? I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. What, what are we supposed to do? So I mean, this is very similar. In so we're this getting regard. hosed by left wing, left wing activists, and we have an organization that's completely infested with left wing activists. So this guy says, "Well, let's write a letter to Sifwa," <laughs> and I laughed. I was like, "Yeah, go for it, dude. Whatever. Fine. Put my name on. I don't care." So he did. So this guy actually uh, took the time, wrote up a very good letter, and like, and basically saying, "Look, we need some relief here. Where if a con invites a guest and then." doesn't do their due diligence and then retracts for political reason, that con should be liable for the time and effort that that person put in to arrange their schedule to do this. If they cancel them at the last minute, that's not, that's very uncool. And just some sort of statement, right? Mm -hmm. And we, so after, even after they offered, Hey, if you guys are ever wrong, no, nothing. Zilch. Did they even reply? I don't know. I don't think so. Cause Hmm. they did nothing. Yeah. Well, and this, we got more, there's multiple examples. Um, several years ago, there was another grandmaster legend, Mike Resnick. Yeah. Legend. I mean, if you guys haven't heard yeah, of Mike Resnick. He, yeah, before he passed. Yeah, he's passed away now. The dude was amazing. Mentored dozens, so if not people. hundreds of authors. I mean, kind of, I mean, not, not unlike Dave Farland. Quite a bit like Dave Farland yeah. and, and as the mentor. Yeah, yeah. He did a lot. More in the science fiction realm than the fantasy realm. Yeah. Fantastic guy. Fantastic mm-hmm. author. Well, Mike Resident for years ran the Sifwa Bulletin, which is their little newsletter. And um, they threw in another guy named Barry Malsberg. Yeah. And uh, Sifwa canceled them. What was their crime? In the Sifwa Bulletin, they referred to a woman who they both knew who was an editor as a lady editor. They called her a lady editor. And these two grandmaster old school been around for decades pillars of science fiction fantasy community got canceled by a bunch of screechy little nobodies now for, for that now now i'm I'm sure look there there are people out there who when when you when you take some of these phrases that we've talked about just in a vacuum by themselves you could say you could it's very easy to say yeah that that's probably not the best way to say that you know yeah like 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 Misty Lackey, like saying colored person. Look, yeah, we we just don't. That's not something we really say anymore. Yeah, well, we're also we didn't grow up in the fifties, and we didn't grow we didn't grow up during the civil rights movement. Yep. Right. Um. Or the lady editor. It's like, okay. Um. I mean, I I suppose that there you you could have just called her an editor, but whatever. I think it was actually that her being female was pertinent to the story. Perhaps yeah. right. My my point here is this. Think about anything you say from day to day. There are so many things that when when taken out of context, when there's no uh, when there's no color around <laughs> when there's no color around them, no pun intended. Um, cancel! Don't cancel me. When there when there's no color commentary around them, um, dude, I can make anything sound terrible, mm-hmm. and that's what they do, and I often do. Yeah, just for fun. Yeah, and the thing said is, said the HR manager. <laughs> well, so here's the thing: we're talking about this kind of turned into just talking about cancel culture. Really, we're supposed to be talking about CIFWA, but the thing is, they're one and the same. 
it's it, it's all the same. I mean, they're just they're just symptoms of parasitic um, diseases. Yeah. So here we go, guys. Basically, the the takeaway from this is if you're an aspiring author and you don't know what this is and you see this thing, and most of us come up thinking this is a prestigious thing that you want to belong to. I did, dude. I did. I thought for the longest time. So so my first short story I think was 2009. And then really quickly thereafter was my second. It was one I co-wrote with you. Um, I remember thinking, okay, now these ones aren't going to qualify for CIFWA. So what I need to do is either sell enough copies of these so that they become kind of retroactively applicable or, or I need to get some pro cred so that I can get it. Cause I want to be part of CIFWA. Mm-hmm. Dude, this was like 12 years ago. Yep. My, how it's changed. Oh Yeah. It's a complete and total train wreck. It's just a political organization that is completely biased in one direction. It's all about power and control like usual. And even thing, even if you drink the Kool-Aid, even if you worship at the altar of current political correctness, as, as Misty did, it won't do you any good. Well, I mean, look, the vast majority of the, um, uh, I would say, vocal conservatives, they're not in SIFWA anymore. Either they've let their stuff expire or they were kicked out. Yeah, and the thing is, we've told a couple stories, but that's a fraction of them. There's so many more. They're continually, constantly on the wrong side of every issue. Well, reliably, it's well, not. I, I, mean, I can it's, think of one good thing they've done. Yeah, that was the Alan Dean Foster thing. But the thing, okay, so Alan, that story there, and and this one, okay, so Alan Dean Foster had written Star Wars stuff for Disney, and then Disney oh. wasn't paying him. Well. Yeah. They weren't honoring prior contracts. They weren't honoring anything. They're basically like, you never. This is. These are not you. Never wrote Star Wars stories. They it, did like the Jedi mind trying yeah, to Jedi was, mind trick the world. Scumbag mega corporation ripping Super people scumbag. off. Super scumbag. Super scumbag. And the thing is, Sif was like, "Well, you shouldn't do that." Great. Yeah, no kidding. It's like the most brain dead, obvious. You know, like there's no possible you know there's, argument in favor of this at all ever. Yeah, I mean, so they didn't yeah. screw that up. Well, way to go, Sif Yeah, I mean, they 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 really kind of didn't have a choice but to um to respond to that right? another thing that people the downfall here is too is remember this is an organization that's supposed to defend authors against their publishers yeah. right mm-hmm. except they have publishers as members so there's a massive conflict of interest there yeah so it's a okay so if you wouldn't have a real trade organization me and steve are both accountants and we hate getting audited but audits keep people honest yeah i mean they're they're a necessary thing that we hate. So what you would do is most authors in our contract have a provision where we could audit our publishers, but we never do it because it causes damage relationship. No. So that, if you had a real trade organization. That's a nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be yeah, sure. Option. But, if, but if you had an actual honest trade organization, what they would do is they say, okay, this is our deal with our members. We're going to take a random publisher every year. Yeah. We're going to take one from, let's say of the, of the hundred publishers, our members have, we're going to pick one or, you know, two. You, you would, you would try to pick you would try to pick one or two from the big dogs and then one or two from the smattering of mid to small size ones, yeah. right? Just to get a kind of a an equal spread. And then you just do basically a random spot check to make sure that the uh, that the financials yeah. are truthful and yep. everybody's getting paid what they should get paid Absolutely. on their royalties. Yeah. Like the sales, internal sales data mm-hmm. matches up with external yeah. sales data, matches up with what they're getting paid. Correct. Pretty simple. Standard audit. Very standard audit. Couple days. This wouldn't be that hard. CPA firm could do this in a couple days. Oh, easy. No big deal. Wouldn't cost that much money. That's the kind of thing that this could, but, but will they do that? No, 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 no. Of course not. They have too many, 
they have too many, like the entire editorial staff of Tor is members. Are they going to edit Tor or audit Tor? Of course not. No, you, you're not going to be able to do that. No, and and if you were, and if you were the president of SIFWA and you happen to be good at your job, which I'm not sure that's happened. <laughs> um, I even know who the current one is. Like, I don't know. No idea who she is. I, I just saw her name and I'm like, I don't know who that is. Well, so, that's another thing too, is the leadership is almost always no one you've ever heard of. Well, and, and here's the problem though. Like a, a lot of the leadership, um, at least historically speaking, their editors are within that organization as well. So yeah, they're not going to go audit. So what? Their, what they're, they're, what are they they're, they're gonna they're gonna you know hit their boss with a de facto notice of of audit and say that's why you do a punk, random lottery. You're gonna do this for me? Yeah. No, like the, you put the balls in the thing and you turn the wheel. You, it, it's it's random. You need to not have editors and authors mixing in the same trade organization. Yeah, it's crap. Here, let's be honest. So if they actually did it, you know what they would do? They would just audit. They would just audit Bayon every year because we're the one place that has oh, conservative sure. authors. Sure. I mean, <laughs> it was like when you and I were working together and we got audited. Yeah. Every time because me and Steve's defense contractor got audited every year. Why? Because we we had really clean books and so oh. they liked to audit us. Oh, dude, I. That I was mean, like the worst thing ever. We DOL got audit. DOL audits yep. every year. Um, we got punished for being good. Yeah. Tons of time taken up. And you people wonder why I'm libertarian. <laughs> So now look, like we try to be in general, we try to be fairly political, politically, politically neutral. Um, when we, when we talk about all of the various topics when it comes to writing, um, you obviously through context or through knowing us offline and stuff like that, you know, where our politics are and, and I'm not shy about it. Larry's not shy. Larry's definitely, no no one's ever accused you of being shy about it. I've never been accused of that. Um, but at, in the grand scheme of things, here's the trouble. You can, you, can, you can make the argument that we're just being, that this is like super partisan, right? It's like, oh, you guys are just saying this because um, you're on one side of a political aisle and these people aren't. It's like, no, no, no. Did you, did you pay attention to what happened? What's, what side is Misty? Exactly. Yep. Because the the rules change. The goalposts shift. It doesn't matter. Well, whatever can... the hot whatever the hotness issue is today will not be the hotness issue maybe even a month from now. Oh yeah, they can cancel each other because they just change the rules every week. And the thing is it's even worse. Is they're, not... they're addicted to outrage and they're addicted to to being offended. Absolutely, yeah. And they ran off, once they ran off all the conservatives, now they just have to eat each other. Well, yeah, what, what else can they do? They got to get their fix in somehow, Larry. Because honestly, I have not seen anybody who's like on our side of the aisle join SIFWA in forever. No, I, I mean, we were talking about this in a thread the other day on uh, on on the platform that sucks. <laughs> and, um, and there were a few people in, in that thread that I noticed that were saying things like, I mean, I'm a member. But they're like, they're like, yeah, it's just a, it's just a social club. Yeah. And so for most of us, like why belong to a social club that hates you and will actively sabotage you? Yeah. Serious. Pointless. And the thing is, it's, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a nonpartisan organization, but really the problem was if you look at who they elected presidents, they had several presidents in a row that were just basically left-wing activists. Yeah. And so it's not a shocker that this is the direction it's gone. I went on a, I went on a writing retreat a while back that um 
that was put on by a, a, a fairly well-known organization, we'll call it, group. Um, and I went on this thing, and they were introducing everybody at the very beginning. And, and I was kind of, sort of there. I mean, I was there kind of, sort of, to, to, to just kind of participate a little bit. But I was also there because it was mine and my wife's anniversary mm-hmm. trip. It was our 15th anniversary. Yeah. So we were like, sweet, let's go on this trip. This will be rad. Um, so during the sea days, it was a cruise. During the sea days, that should... Um, that kind of narrows, narrows, narrows it down. So during the sea days, that was when a lot of the writing stuff was happening. Or in the evenings after like excursion time, for those of you who've been on cruises before. Um, and I remember at the very, very beginning... They get up there and they're talking and they're like, hey, look, you know, we want this to be as inclusive as possible. We want everybody to feel safe. They're using all the right buzzwords, right? Mm-hmm. And then the very next thing they said was, so what we need to do right now is we, we have decided to have someone be the person over basically safety. And again, I've worked in construction, like account, like construction accounting mm-hmm. industries, like most recently for the most current two years. And then, you know, earlier I did it for about five. Um, when I think that I'm thinking, well, we're on a cruise. Okay. There's, I can think of several safety issues with which this would be valuable. Right. You know, that's where my brain goes. Logically. That's not what it was. Uh That's not what it was. Um, we proceeded to have a 30 minute discussion on what microaggressions were. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. And then they introduced the person who was over safety and it was someone, we're not going to say, we're not going to say the person's name, but this person gets up there and it's the most hyper, hyper, hyper left-wing person that wags their fingers at people who are white saying how terrible we are. Um, In fact, when Steve told me about this, Steve texted me. I texted you. And told me about this and who the safety person was. We were still in port. My comment was, was Joseph Goebbels unavailable? Yeah. It was ridiculous. <laughs> now, you know, we, you know, we laugh and stuff now. The interesting thing was as the, as this, the writing symposium, writing retreat, whatever you want to call it, went on, um, it became very obvious that the people who were there to instruct, they were all of one, they're all of the exact same political persuasion, basically. Um, they were saying, you know, they were saying the same stuff, like, like, um, you know, if you're, if you're white, you're not allowed to write anyone who is not a person of color to take us back to what the original topic of yeah, all this crap was. That, don't That'll flip that. Don't flip that. your life. Jeez. Um, they were saying how that was like, y- you can't do that. And they, they were going on and on and on. People were saying that, I mean, there was literally a, a an instructor there who said, he basically said that all all conservatives were evil. And I had so many people come up to me afterwards because they knew who I was. I mean, they, look, I'm not shy about what my values are. Um, they came, you know, they would come up to me and they're like, dude, I'm pretty bothered by this. Like, this, this isn't right. Like, I actually feel kind of marginalized. <laughs> right? Odd, right? Talk to the safety person. Well, and that's the trouble. They couldn't talk to the safety person. So who'd they talk to? Me. You were the, 
You were the right wing safety. I was like the I was like the closeted like right wing safety person. You were the right? alternate. Gosh. So the minority safety. I know. I was like I was the the, the right wing's token safety person there. Um so the thing is I got so pissed off about it. I ended up talking with the people running it after the fact and they did nothing. Yeah, of course. Because, Larry, they don't actually care. They just don't care. No, it's a, it's an interpretive dance. Yeah. It, it means whatever they want it to mean at the moment. Because it gives them power. Because yep. if, you, if it's nebulous, it means whatever they mean, then they can wield it whenever they mm-hmm. feel like it, against whoever they want. Yeah. It's kind of like Misty gets ultra banned and then, like, Comfort Women gets a pass. Yeah, it's stupid. You know, which, I'm sorry, Comfort Women, that's pretty awful. <sighs> and then... um. I don't know, man. It's 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 weird. It's sleazy. It's dishonest, and it's supposed to be like a nonpartisan trade organization. But we've seen this so much, man. So my my closing thought on this is, guys, if you are a member of CIFLA, see if you are actually getting your money out of it, and if not, let them die. You're I not. watched. I can guarantee yeah, you're not guarantee getting your money not. out of it. I watched so many. It's funny because so many people who are like friends of Misty's for like thirty years, right? Quiet. That's, Not a that's terrible. I dude. saw a couple people talk up. The guy who she supposedly racially insulted was totally cool. He, and he said she did nothing wrong. Steve Barnes. Steve um, Barnes. Steve Barnes. Uh, he's a black guy and he's a very famous author. I think, is he a grandmaster too? He very well might be. He might be. He's written a lot. Very successful writer. And Steve Barnes said clearly she meant no harm. You know? and But it didn't matter. But well, most the, of the... the trouble. The trouble is, Larry, how many of... How many, how many contacts, you and I, over you, oh, a longer career than me, obviously, but in relatively speaking, our careers are very short right now. Mm-hmm. They've been very yeah. short. Over the course of that time, how many connections have we made? How Tons. many fr- friends, quote unquote, have we made? Tons. Tons, right? Missy's been doing this since before I was born, probably. Yeah. How many contacts and friends do you think she's made over the course of these decades? Hundreds. And how many spoke out in, on her behalf? The like right wingers, like the like, conservatives. Yeah, mostly conservatives. Mm-hmm. And, it wasn't and then even... like two or three liberals. Uh huh. Couple liberals. And that's that. That's bothersome. It was really interesting because there's people who I know are like BFFs with her. Just didn't say a word. Well, and couldn't say a word because why? They know the wolf next. would eat them. They'd be next. Mm-hmm. They'd go on the list. And so everyone, remember this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Do not negotiate with terrorists. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Naibo. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to Anchor dot fm slash writer dojo by leaving a five-star rating and review and by helping to spread the word to advertise on the writer dojo email ads at writer all questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writer dojo.com cancel don't cancel me